This is Jeff Chrisman, and I'm here this evening at Blue Sage Glass Studios here at uh, 1218 Northwestern and visiting with the visual artist Gina Hoffman. Gina, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to be here tonight. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, this kind of feels like a, uh, since we have sat down before, this does feel like a uh, continuing the conversation. Good. But at the same time, though, I definitely do want to make this to, uh, to where people who, if they haven't heard that conversation, we can do kind of a uh, sort of a shorter version, but then again, at the same time, it may be different. We'll kind of sure. kind of see how it goes. Uh, what I thought I might do is maybe ask you, the temptation is to ask you to talk about the work, but I really feel like knowing what I know and ha after having visited with you, I think it would be really neat to just dive right into how you got started with this and, uh, and, and where you were in life and, and, and what this really mean, meant to you then and means to you today. Great. Um, yes, I was going through a very trying time, um, and I um, decided that uh, a marriage of 20 years was no longer a healthy place, so I um, knew for my own mental health I had to make a change. Um, it was a very difficult decision, but um, I knew that I just, I had to do that, and in, in thinking of that, you know, the word that just kept popping up in my mind was just, fuck, you know, i got to change my world, and I, I don't want to change my world, but I have to do it um, in order to be healthy. So um, when I was in college, I used to paint with craft paint and butcher block paper, words and phrases that, you know, I thought were fun or whatever. So I decided to renew that, um, and I decided that I was good because that word was just all that was all in front of me um, during that period. I wanted to put it, get it out of my brain and onto a canvas. Um, so I asked an artist friend, Chrissy Owen, who um, had been working a lot um, in painting and, and that sort. So I asked her what my idea was possible. She said, yeah, I think it is. So. I decided that I was just going to jump in and do it, um, and because that feeling that I was feeling was so big, I bought the biggest canvas I could find, and which is three foot by three, four foot, and um, paint this word how I felt it, which was like just an everyday, not angry, not you know, shouting. It's just there. So I chose uh, New York Times uh, font, and I spent hours and hours painting this work. And when I finished it, I stood back and I looked at it and I went, oh, this is huge. I mean, it it had so much to say, um, being there in its subtle way, but a very powerful word. And, um, and it made me feel like I got that out of my system. So as the divorce process was going on, um, you know, things are said in ugly ways, and you know, somebody who thought loved you, you know, can be very hurtful at times. And um, I decided that I was going to change all those hurtful words or uh, things that are said in a hurtful way and spin it on its head and turn it into something beautiful. So that's when I went to the next phase and started thinking of all these ugly words, all the worst words I can think of, and paint them in a way that made them look beautiful or ordinary or, you know, in, in any way to take a, the bite out of them. 
so I painted my three negative female words, um, which were cut, bitch, and slut. And I put them in the most beautiful script I could find um, in a really pretty color. And um, after doing that, I saw that they no longer had that negative stigma or that um, negative bite that they normally have. When you look at them in that light, in that font, in those colors, it changes the word dynamic entirely. So it's no longer just that awful word. Um, it's now just a component of letters. Um, and so I couldn't just leave the women with their own. I had to bring the men into it. So then I did the three for the men, which is prick, dick, and bastard. Um, and I decided, uh, because they're masculine, I didn't put them in the Edwardian script that I did uh, for the women. I put those back in the newspaper font, trying to make it more of an everyday thing, not a special you know, word that you can't say or you shouldn't say or whatever. You have all the taboo. I took it away. I just put it in everyday format and put it on the canvas and... And the rest is history. Yeah. I'm wondering just uh, to maybe to ask you to speak a little bit to how this process changed you. In other words, now seeing that this, you know, this, this work is now here, you know, how this, you know, the process of you doing this and the fact that it is here where people can see it right. and interact with it and, you know, react to it however they react to it. I would, it, it would be interesting first to hear a little bit about how this has changed you in some way or... You know, I'm now completely immune to criticism, negative criticism, uh, because I realize that when a person, out of their own insecurities or their own um, uh, character lacking, um, I, it, it, I've taken their power away from them to be hurtful. So... Anytime someone says to me that, um, you know, horrible things, um, I let the words be hurled, but I don't pick them up and, and, and bring them inside anymore. I let them drop to the ground where they are. Because those words, um, just because someone says it doesn't mean that that becomes part of me. That that's a decision you can make and a choice you make. You can just let those fall to the ground. You do not have to take any of that in. There's absolutely nowhere on the planet does it say that just because someone says something ugly to you that you have to accept that and bring that in and think about it and contemplate it and mull it over in your head. There's no rule that says that you have to do that. And, and painting these words this way that has really brought out that power that I can either accept or not accept what is said and um, that to me was huge I mean I, I grew leaps and bounds with that knowledge because um, I became the one in control you can't control what somebody says to you but you sure can control how you let that in Oh yeah. and yeah. how you uh, or even to let it in at all you don't have to you can just let it fall to the ground. Like if someone tosses you a ball, nowhere does it say on the planet that you have to catch the ball. You can let the ball just go right on by or drop at your feet. Yeah. Um, so I found that to be very empowering. And, um, and it's incredibly free. 
incredibly free. You get to be you, how you want to be. And you don't have to care about the rest of the world and what they think. You get to just be you. And that is just the most beautiful, amazing thing. And it's so strange that sometimes we, you know, and I know we were talking before uh, we got started tonight about, you know, like words and how they relate to body image issues and our own self-concept and who we think we are and when people, and I remember as a child when kids said, you know, things like that that were really hurtful. And I never thought about this before until you got me to see this tonight or that, you know, this, I was able to realize that, that it's really the words. You know, I'd been so focused on the feelings, how things made me feel, but I never, the words kind of started the feelings, but it's, it's those words, the power that I let have over me because I didn't know that I didn't have to do that. Right. They're just words. They don't have anything to do with you. You are still you. Just because someone says you are something, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden now you're going to be that. Yeah. There's absolutely no rule that says you get you have to be what somebody else says you are. You are still you. And you must know that in order to be a healthy person. Because people, there are a lot of ugly people out there that say horrible, horrible things. Um, ugly character, I should say. Um, that say very ugly things. Um, and you can't control that at all. But you sure can control the way you let that in or not let that in. And especially as it pertains to your physical appearance, what they say about your nose or your ear, your hair, or whatever, doesn't change the way your nose, your ears, or your hair look. Yeah. It's still the way it is. And it is perfect for you. You are perfect the way you are. That's the way you're intended to be, and you are 100% what you're supposed to be. Um, and it doesn't matter what somebody else's opinion of that is. Their opinion doesn't change you or shouldn't change you. It will not change your appearance unless you do some radical self-harm. Um, but, uh, but once again, the power is within you to let that just fall to the ground. And don't bring that into your mind, into your heart, into your soul. Don't let anything negative like that in. Just let it fall to the ground and let it be what it's supposed to be, which is trash. Yeah, and I'm sitting here thinking, I mean, the, the words, the way that, you know, the way that they can be used hurtfully with, you know, lifestyle choices, with what culture we come from, ethnicity, there's all these Very things that, are, that these words become so loaded that I guess I have to ask you, are they loaded because we believe? Because we believe that? In other words, as a, as a society or as a culture, we believe? Yeah, that was a very interesting question. You know, we're always taught to, um, I don't know if it's a, a society thing, that we're always taught to give value to other people's opinion or what. I think that maybe is a, a thing that's been uh, grown in there for generations, generations, or whatever. Um, but I'm here to say that, no, you absolutely do not have to give credence to anyone else's opinion. Um, who's trying to be mean and ugly and hurtful. There's, you have absolutely, you have no allegiance to take that in. There isn't any. Just let that go um, and and be the you that you were born to be. Yeah, I like that. I, and then I have to ask you too, in terms of, you know, when, this, when these have been on display, when people have seen your work, it would be really neat to hear a little bit about maybe any, any comments that, you, that you've had or, or any stories that people have shared with you as a result of 
yeah. to be exposed to this. You know, they it's very funny. Uh, if they're offended, they usually will not have a conversation with me about it. So you have had people that have... Yeah, they just won't come in. They won't talk. They won't. They just they get this horrible look on their face, and they right, walk right on by. Um, instead of asking why. I mean, you know, which is interesting to me, right? Um, maybe they're too insecure to ask why, or they think that somehow it's going to taint them. I don't know. But um, there's a segment of the population who are completely unopen to the discussion at all about these words um, and the point. Um, but most, most, though, are very eager to come in and talk about it and ask me questions. And, um, um, and, and it's, they get this joy that comes over them as, as we talk and as I share the fact that, that they have the power themselves to control whether or not they let things hurt them, um, their whole countenance brightens. They, they, they just get bright and they, they get um, this joyous look on their face and they, they, walk or, they walk out having grown a whole other facet to themselves, one that, that they have control over and that is not a victim to other people. And that is just the most wonderful, wonderful thing I could ever imagine doing. Yeah, and I was going to say, it's interesting is children, you know, I can remember, and of course, you know, growing up in a day when these words were absolutely, you know, for the most part were taboo, right. even though we found kids, kids, we found ways to say them when nobody that was, wasn't supposed to be hearing us say them, we would say them. And there was something that you kind of got a charge. Now I'm just kind of thinking about this in the moment. You kind of got a charge out of that. I oh, remember yes. as a child being able to say those things. Oh, stepping and, right over that line. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> but somehow along the way, though, I guess, you know, from generation to generation, we I assume that this is how this works, that we've taught our children. You know, this generation has taught their children that there's certain words you don't say in public. Right. You don't say in mixed company. You right. don't say in front of children. Right, right. Which I understand and yeah. I respect. Yeah. I respect that. I, I'm not to... Sh- I'm not here to shove my artwork down anyone's throat. I'm here to empower people. And, and the way that i found that makes that um, easy to understand is to have these horrible words in a way that people see them visually uh, instead of just something they hear. When you add in that visual element, um, for some reason that helps people see them in a different way that they don't see them only by hearing them. So the conversation, um, it, it, it's a whole other facet. The art is a whole other facet to the conversation that um, that happens, and uh, it's it's an amazing it's an amazing process to watch people with their they they, they smile like they're a little kid who is like saying something naughty, you know. I mean, these grown people they get that look on their face like oh. Um, Somebody's getting in trouble, and um, and they just—it's so funny. Then they realize they're an adult, and they can have this discussion. They can talk about it, but but their first response sometimes is that little kid response of "Oh, somebody's going to get yeah. in trouble," and it's very fun to watch. Very very fun. Very fun. Now I'm also understanding correctly that I've seen some of your uh, some of your work on as far as digitally, uh, so to speak. Now, are there some of these where you have the words that are kind of imposed? on other, for instance, I feel like I saw there's some there like landscapes. Right, right. Yeah. So I, um, I the other the other avenue I went with this was, I mean, rarely do we live our life where every day is a beautiful thing and 
nothing negative happens and you know you don't stub your toe or whatever. I think that that's not a reality-based life. So I think life is often what we sh what we show other people. We smile and we say hi. We're great. You know how are you? And it's always great. And um, that's one uh, veneer. But what's underneath? Maybe your dog just died, or you found out you had a diagnosis that was an unpleasant situation in life and now you have to face it. So you have this other thing happening to underneath, but on the, when you meet somebody at the grocery store, you're not going to spew all that. You're oh, going to yeah. show them the pretty picture on the front. Well, I've taken some of these ugly words or phrases and I've put them uh, underneath um, a landscape or a sunrise or a sunset and or a pretty flower. Um, so being that which is, you know, the dichotomy of life. What you show on the front is sometimes very different from what's underneath. Yeah, so. yeah. And I also find it fascinating that both, you know, both things are going on at the same time, right? right. In other words, your life could be, you know, things could be very, very difficult. You could, you could be experiencing pain or loss or whatever it is, right. frustration, anger, disappointment, right. and yet the sun is still shining. Right. You know, the trees are still there. It's all, you know, all this There's stuff is happening. There's a beautiful flower on the, you know, in somebody's yard. Yeah, you can still see that, but right. But there is something else underneath. Yeah. I think it really honors that, too, that human experience that, you know, it's not always necessarily one way or the other. It seems like we're always living some combination of, of, yeah. of both of those things. I don't know one person who doesn't have a hard day every once in a while. It's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if there's anything in particular you wanted to speak to in terms of, I didn't want to put you on the spot, but I didn't know if there's anything you wanted to talk about just in with regards to any of these particular pieces, and it's totally okay if not, but... Um, I just wanted to kind of give you that opportunity. But. Yeah, no, I just I just like having the conversation. Yeah. I am always open to having the conversation. I would be more than willing to, to share and have this conversation with anyone if yeah. they want to have it. And um, I'm completely open. Yeah, I didn't know if anybody has any questions. I don't want to put everybody on the spot. If there's any, any questions anyone has, comments, thoughts, or... All right then. Well, I, I want to thank you so much for taking the time, and it's always it's always a it's always a joy to speak with you and hear from you. And I really do think that there is a lesson in this, and uh, it, this reminds me as well. I may have heard this I heard this once, but I feel like hearing this again really reinforces that. So I, I really appreciate it. Thanks, Jim. Thanks so much.